Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com. In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni. We have a C-suite forum that I'm very excited about. Uh, it's a, a guy that I did a blood time with that was my most popular ones, particularly in the community that we both grew up in, uh, Beachwood. Uh, and also the CEO of the Revision Group, Michael Friedman. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Pete. Thanks. Great to be here again. Yeah, we had a lot of fun on our first time, sure did. didn't we? Yeah, it's looking forward to having, having some in. fun now. Exactly. So, Michael, your background obviously is is varied, which is great. I mean, I think that Renaissance man type of situation gets you to a position where you can really make a deal, you know. And you made a pretty big deal, maybe the biggest in Ohio's history. I'm not sure, but close. one of the biggest. Yeah, one of the biggest, right? The sale of the Key Tower. Correct. Oh my gosh! Correct. Right. It was a great, 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 <laughs> great time. And uh, 2016, we uh, purchased the Key Tower for uh, about 267 million dollars, and all in 337 million dollars. And I brought in the equity and the uh, debt, yeah. and uh, for City. Yes. And now it's uh, rolling around for the last four years without any any public money or any public assistance. That's that pretty. Was, that's that's extremely rare. Yeah. Number one. Number two. It's got to be one of the top deals in the history of Ohio. I mean, there's not too Definitely many. in the city of Cleveland, for yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So that's pretty doggone cool to see a Beachwood Bison do that. Yeah, like thank that. you. Yeah. <laughs> and you had a you had a, a, a lead up to that, right? You, you, you coached, you ran uh, pizza chains, uh, you then did deals in South Dakota. I mean, you had a varied career. Tell me a little bit about that and what led you to it. And then I want to get into that blood time moment and who was that blood time guy for Got it. our gal. Well, as you, as you mentioned, I was a uh, college basketball coach and I did it at a, um, did it at a young age. Sure. Um, and we spoke about it the last time we spoke. Yeah. Is that the traits that you learn as a coach. Right. And I really didn't know they could transition into the business world, right. but I found out, and yeah. they did. Yeah. And everything I did as a coach transitioned to that. So and that I, team, that team had some pretty good businessmen. I mean, Bruce Kretsch is doing extremely well in the correct. insurance industry. That's I mean, correct. a high school team. When I was yeah, a high, the high school, school teams. Right, right, but right. As a yeah. coach, yeah. Uh, I was proud that every one of our guys at our school that I coached graduated, which was pretty important at that time. Um, it still is, my man. Oh yeah, it still yeah, is. Yeah, it's sure even it more is. so today. I think. Yeah, I'm sure know, it is. Really. And so when I went into the restaurant business, mm -hmm. I became my first CEO okay. of uh, it was called Go Getters Inc. All right. And um, Michael just did air quotes. I like that. Right, right. <laughs> and I had, I had a hundred uh, employees. Right. And then I built the one restaurant to seven. Okay. And it was a ten-year stint, and it was exciting. Sure. And you tested all my management, motivation, skills. Uh, I became a preacher. I became a coach. I became a counselor. When you have 200 at that time, they were Generation X. Oh, Today we yeah. call them millennials. Right, right, Same right, type right, of mentality. Right. Don't like to work. <laughs> think they're entitled. <laughs> and uh, heck, yeah, with this pandemic, did it's, really, oh my God, uh, right? yeah, that it's is really that. created some, as you yeah. know, labor shortages. Sure. But after I got that restaurant experience, I realized um, 
through my mentor who will maybe meet in a few minutes on the phone That's awesome. that I could take that skill set of running a restaurant mm-hmm. and actually be in the real estate business. Cool. Um, and I went from restaurant touring yeah. to starting my own company. We, uh, we were raising capital in North Dakota, not South Dakota. Okay. Uh, during the Bakken oil boom. Okay. And then I, uh, worked for a very large company in Cleveland. Right. called Millennia. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to give up my CEO CEO role. Right. So it was a good position for me. I became the president and CEO of the capital division of Millennia. Right. Uh, and that was, that's uh, Frank Sanito's company. Frank Sanito's company, yeah. been around since the 80s. Uh, when I joined the company, there were, he had 15,000 apartment units, yeah. 28 states. Sure. When I left two years ago full-time, I'm still a consultant there. Right, right. We now have 32,000 units. Wow. 31 states. Um, we're the third largest low-income housing tax credit developer Holy in the cow. United States. That's and a well-kept s- it, secret. Yeah, here. yeah. He's pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah. Until he started yeah. buying the Key Tower yeah, yeah. and five other buildings, nobody in Cleveland knew how big he really was. Right. I mean, they knew him for lock keepers and now the They knew him from as a restaurateur. Yeah, right, right. And of course, right, we yeah. have the Marble Room now in yeah. Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, I was just it, there. It was a great, it's yeah, still a great that's restaurant. Yeah, that's a great place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a great place. Yeah. So, um, I, so Dean Adler, who um, hopefully we're going to get on the call in a few minutes. Sure. He, uh, I've known him for 50 years, as I think you have, too. And that's too. the Adler Sporting Good family, right? Adler Indeed. Sporting Good yeah. family from Cleveland. And Dean kind of broke away and didn't want to be in the legacy of his grandfather and his Understood. father sure, and his yeah. brother. Fred was his dad, Fred right? was yeah. his dad. Yeah. And, um, Ken runs it now, right? Ken, well, actually, Ken's son's running it. So Eric, so, Eric's an old wrestler. He Eric's a wrestler. For us at Beach He's a pretty good wrestler, right? Not bad, yeah. yeah. Right. We like Eric a lot. And Rube yeah. Adler was the original. He was the sure. grandfather, Dean's right. grandfather. So four generations. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We just interviewed Mark. Blaushield. Oh, you did? Which okay. I think you do some business with, I do. Maybe, right? I Great do. guy. Four generations. Famous four generations. Four generations. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, and so um, Dean broke away, didn't want to be in the sporting good business, uh, went to Wharton, uh, sure. got his law degree, got his accounting degree, uh, and started early in his career um, as a uh, real estate analyst yeah. for a large insurance company. When he was a young age of 31, he became the CEO of um, a very large insurance company. Wow. And um, wow. they, uh, they yeah. did very, very well. And then at 39, he got approached by a billionaire to create a fund okay. uh, called the Lupert Adler Fund. Sure. And this guy really knew how to pick the horse because Dean was the worker. Yeah. This guy had the capital. Right. And fast forward 20-some years, yeah. they have $18 billion under management. Okay. They, uh, a little, Dean's little the, pittance, right? <laughs> Dean's on the chairman of the board of Albertsons. He just took it Jeez. public. Chair, uh, board board member of Bed Bath & Beyond. His own probably. That's the Mimi. That's yeah, a, that's right. <laughs> it's a famous thing right now, right? That's with the, right. With AMC and, and GameStop. You got and it. Nokia and all that. Yeah. And his own probably, and maybe he will mention it, mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of square feet. And I don't exaggerate. Not all 10. Right. Hundreds of millions of square feet of real estate around the country. He's considered one of the five smartest guys in real estate in the United States. He lectures around the world. Yeah. Uh, He lectures, he's an adjunct professor at at Wharton's MBA program. And the good news about him for me is he's one of my closest friends. We speak 
every day. Well, wasn't wasn't he on your team, right? Uh, yeah, 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 he, yeah. In high school, right? That's the, correct. That he was a sophomore. Team. Yeah, I was a senior. Yeah, it was my year. I used to beat him up a little bit. Sure, and sure. Now he uh, beats me up a little bit in the good, real estate good world. Good point guard, right? <laughs> oh no, no, no. He, he yeah, was a good guard. point guard. Yeah. He couldn't shoot, but he could pass. Yes, yes. So he always understood how to make people better. He, he knew the angles, he like knew he knows the, in the deals, right? And he was always smart. He had a very cathartic conversation too with Neil Cornrich, and I don't want to talk about that, right? Maybe he'll relay that Cornrich story, which is one of the most famous sports agents. Oh, yeah. What a a year, right? 75. Great year. You you guys really graduated some... Yeah. Sharp people. Now Absolutely. And we, we have a few losers on that thing we won't <laughs> oh, mention. Yes, we do. It brings the curve down. <laughs> but uh, Don't yeah. we all? Every class has one. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, Dean, you know, people ask me where I, got my, where I got my education. Sure. So I have a master's degree from Cal State Sacramento. Fabulous. And on every one of my calls, I say I have a double doctorate in capital finance because I've been on a 1,000 calls with Dean Ather. Holy cow. And uh, Dean, in 1999... Asked me to work for one of his companies. Okay. Um, I flew down to Florida. I uh, it was yeah. He a, hit you between the eyes and said, "Dude, you can do this. You can do this." Yeah. And I wasn't sure. Yeah, I understand. It was a resort residential deal. Right. Uh, company called the Ginn Company. I Bobby interviewed Ginn. with Bobby Ginn. Yeah. He gave me the job, and I turned it down. Okay. Because they wanted me to move to Florida. I had a wife and four children. We were sure. Midwesterners. Sure. We didn't want to move. Six months later, Dean and Bobby called me and said. Making the mistake of your life. Yeah, you're so. We think you could be so good. We'll create a offsite office for you. Okay. So I could stay, keep Cleveland as a resident, and I commuted. That from, is, they definitely liked you. They liked me. <laughs> yeah. And from '99 yeah. to 2005, and I don't know if I want to brag about this because it's not something to brag it's about. It's not brag. It's uh, fact. If it's fact. But, but no. Right. But it was something that I'm almost not proud of. Is that. I was on planes, trains, and boats for 300 days a year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah, for your family yeah, balance, yeah. I missed a little bit of my... lovely Cindy probably was mother she, of the year, right? Mother of the year. When yeah. I was entertaining brokers on boats in South Florida, we love she Cindy. was re-scraping ice out of our car and putting oh, the two kids wow. in diapers and the other wow. two kids in junior high. So wow. it was tough. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, look, I tell a lot of people... Nobody in the world wakes up thinking, where are we going to retire and get a resort home? Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. So that's why I couldn't stay right, in Cleveland. Right, right. So Dean gave me my first opportunity. And then in 2000, when I started my own company, the revision group, in 2000, I get the year straight, eight. Yeah. No, 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 no. Later on that. Okay. 2011, All right. Dean calls me and says, hey, I'm working with uh, Steve Ross. One of the richest guys in the world uh, from the related company. He owns Miami Dolphins, Warner. He developed Hudson Yards. Him and his partner, Jorge Perez, in Florida, Mm -hmm. were doing a big uh, distress deal in Fort Myers, and they're looking for a group to sell. He didn't get me the job. He got me the interview. There were seven companies, all larger, more prominent than I. Killed, I remember this. Killed deal. it in the interview, yeah, yeah. and I got the deal at Oasis. Yeah, and uh, Dean I think and I, you, I think we we met with Phil Graffy. That's correct. Yes, that's a I good memory. You to Phil Graffy. That's yeah, a who good. Was, who was actually starting to look at the deal of selling his lift truck companies. That's correct. And he's very flush with cash right now. That's, that's, Phil is living a good life. That's God bless correct. Him. Yeah, that's correct. Interesting. So go ahead as you get this. And, and so I work with Dean again uh, awesome. on that deal, and mm-hmm. we uh, sold about fourteen million dollars of. The deal was interesting. It was a uh, Bank of America had taken back George Perez's mortgage. Wow. Uh, it was a $202 million mortgage on two towers. He built it in 2008, 9, and 10. Okay. In 2011, he wanted to close, and it was the end of the recession. The prices had gone down, and these foreign investors didn't want to invest. So yeah. out of, believe it or not, 420 units, yeah. one person closed. 
So 439 oh, wow, went went wow, kaput. Wow. They took back the loan, yeah. and Dean Ather and George so, Perez. So Dean goes to work. He goes to work and yeah. buys the loan for $47 million, a $200 million loan. So now he's buying it at 26% There's value. The There's the angle. Hired too. my company. We sold retail at 50%. Okay. So we made out. Dean made out. The clients who bought it made out. Uh, everybody made out except Bank of America. So unless you're a Bank of America employee, you're yeah. executive, yeah. you're happy how it all went down. Gotcha, gotcha. And then from there, I realized, that, wow, this is something I really want to do. And then I started getting into capital raising. Yes. And, uh, you know, I've been uh, running that company since 2011. Okay. And the last two years, we've had two of our best years ever, even including the pandemic. Sure. We just sure. killed it. That's Because fantastic. we're buying hospi uh, distressed hospitality. Yes. Uh, multifamily, which we're in. Never blinked during it. The only thing that really got wrecked was hospitality, which we're now taking advantage of buying it. Distress, yeah. And retail and office got wrecked, and we don't Every, play in it because okay. Dean, my mentor, tells me it's too dangerous to play in. And he's, he's right. I mean, he's yeah. spot, spot on. And I'll tell you what's coming. I think is going to be a, a huge glut of housing. Oh. Yeah, huge, huge glut of housing. What do you yeah. think uh, of 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 retail housing? You know. Uh, Single-family housing. Apps. Well, the biggest new product up there, yeah. because of the social unrest, because of the millennials thinking maybe it's not so cool to live downtown, work downtown, right, if you don't right. have to work, is single-family rentals. Yes. So it's all over the country. Yes. And it's a really, really, really big company. We're going to take a little break here, uh, pay homage to our sponsors, and we're going to be back with Michael Friedman's mentor and uh, business guru, Dean Adler. We'll be right back. So our producer, Maverick Peters' dad, Scott Peters, was a heck of a high school wrestler, and he wrestled every day with the same guy, and they both made the state tournament. That guy was Jack Coslin. He's the owner of ServPro of Beechwood. ServPro of Beechwood is the industry leader in flood and fire cleanup and restoration, and they serve all of Northeast Ohio. But they're also short of staff. They're looking for team members. And if you're willing to work hard and help homeowners and businesses get their lives back in order and work with a former state qualifier, seek out ServPro of Beechwood. They will provide training, support, and of course, benefits. So if you're looking for that good entry-level position, seek Jack Coslin, the owner of ServPro of Beechwood at ServProofBeechwood.com. Jack Coslin, thank you. I want to thank Brandon and his team at Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute, our newest sponsor. What a marvelous mission. Thank you, Brandon, for bringing these wonderful people back into productive society at Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute. Visit them at 13101 Shaker Square, Edwin's Restaurant. Thank you. Hey, have you ever wondered how the ultra-wealthy grow their real estate portfolio so fast and furious? Have you ever heard of the infinite banking concept? Learn how you can become your own bank and build out your own real estate portfolio like the pros, like the ultra-wealthy. Call Ed Knezovich or Ryan Miller at Next Level Continuing Education at 614 648 2440. Learn how to purchase investment real estate without spending a dollar of your own capital through Next Level Continuing Education. 614-648-2440.
And we're back. This is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time, the C-Suite Forum. And in studio, I've got Michael Friedman and his business mentor and business guru, Dean Adler from Lupert Adler Reed. Dean, how you doing, brother? Dean, nice to speak to you. Thank you. You Good too, morning. man. You too. And I'm so happy to have you on this uh, this episode. Uh, Michael was talking a little bit about some of the deals that uh, that you guys did and some of the things that you mentored him on and also some of the things that you kind of forced him to do. You know, said, hey, you got to do this thing. And uh, Michael, why don't you talk a little bit about that and then we'll get into some questions with Dean. Well, yeah, Pete, as we discussed, you know, I was in the restaurant business and uh, scrambled around 70, 80 hours a week and I had about 200 employees and it was very tough. And Dean had continued to tell me that, you know, Mike, Look, you're a hard worker, you're talented, but retail, you know, you're never going to make a great living and you, you have to understand real estate. And uh, he was nice enough to not only influence me, but introduce me to his, his uh, business sponsor at the time who he was uh, backing, Bobby Ginn. Sure. And I went down to Florida and interviewed with Bobby Ginn. And uh, uh, as I told you, I turned down the job at first and then Dean and Bobby called me one time six months later and Dean really insisted, Mike, you got to really give it a shot. It's a once in a life opportunity. I literally sold my restaurants and uh, started traveling for the next five years and had a fantastic career in the sales world of real estate and really learned about that. And then eventually I broke away and I actually did my own little fund, which Dean helped mentor on that. And then I got into the capital raising business and all that. And Dean, what did you see in Michael that made you make that comment? I know that you've known him forever. You know, you guys played ball together in high school, but what'd you see in Michael to make that determination? Okay. You know, I look for people, not for people who want to go to work for a bank. 
check right. out. Um, I look for people who have a real passion in the industry they're in. Because if you have a passion, you'll want to work. You'll want to build something, and you'll do a better job. And the one thing I saw in Mike, very similar to I see you in the passion, Pete, in building a great marketing company and in your coaching. Thank you. Um, is when you jump into something, you do it with passion. When you do it with passion, you do a better job. When you do a better job, everyone wins. So those are the type of people that I want to associate with myself. I want people with passion, who are entrepreneurs, and who are relationship builders. You know, and I love that answer, Dean, because the two things that I take away from that is, you know, forget about, don't forget about high touch with high tech. So we have the high tech of today, but we still desperately need that high touch, that human touch. And the number two thing is with your passion, you bring your intellect and holy cow, what a combination of the intellect and the passion with a Lupert Adler, Michael Friedman, you know, marriage, if you will. And so I, I, I coach my, 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 my wrestlers, my, my associates, my children, Use your intellect and then bring your passion because if you use, if you don't use your intellect and vet that, you know, it, it could be a bad decision. And then you bring your passion. What a marriage of intellect and passion. And I love that. I love that answer. The other thing, Pete, when you talk about intellect, mm -hmm. um, what has to be understood is intellect is not earned by going to college and coming out. Well said. Intellect is a collection of experiences right. that people have over their lifetime. And what I think young people need to understand is earning money in business is not a sprint. Right, okay? right. It, 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 it's a marathon. Sure. Um, where you can keep building your experience and your intellect, and over time as you, as you become more experienced, you gain more intellect, and it keeps building. It's a building block. Yes. So that when you're finally ready to <clears throat> unleash and be your own entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you built the intellect based on not only what I'll call you know, to reading and, and listening to people, but through experience. And, yeah. I mean, think about yourself, Pete. Yeah. Um, you know, when you came out of college and even looked at wrestling programs there, um, you thought you knew it all, okay? Right. Um, and if you really look at how you are today versus where you were, you know, 30 years ago, sure. think about how much more you could offer in teaching, in mentoring, in bringing the great things that you bring to the table. You're so much better today. No doubt. Because your intellect is enhanced through the experience you gained over the years. And that also goes to your marketing business. One of the reasons you're a leading person in the marketing industry is you look through a lot. Sure. You have context. Yep. You're able to pass it along and, and then you add the passion to it and the intellectual intellect gained over time plus passion gives you really an unbeatable combination. It's the wisdom, right? <clears throat> that's what that's what it is. Yeah. The wisdom. And I, I love that answer too, Dean. And you know, it, you guys had to have a lot of wisdom uh, going in, and I'm, I'm sure it's not the biggest deal you've done, but I'm sure it's up there is the, the key tower deal. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal here in, in, in Northeast Ohio. And, um, you know, do you, I'd love to have you comment on that and how you work together with Michael to get yeah. that done. 
Yeah. With Mike to work with mm-hmm. on the affordable side. And I think Mike was smart enough to know that Frank Cabelli, terrific entrepreneur, um, works hard, smart, great reputation. Yep. Um, the one area that Frank didn't have, uh, which was Bowie, he had amazing entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. but he had little to no experience in owning office buildings, let alone 50-story office buildings, okay? Right, and, right. And I think, and Michael came to us because we do have experience in investing in those. Sure. And so he came to us not only for money, because there's a lot of money out there that can invest. It was money plus experience. Right. And I think we, we came in and the seller, you know, we were able to work with the seller and reduce the price and, and come up with a structure that could work for Frank. Yes. And the seller knew uh, that we knew what we were talking about. Yep. And we pointed out to the seller that no one was going to give what he wanted. And he's going to have to bend. If he's going to bend, he should, they should do something based on Frank's terms. Uh, and then we also been a valued partner of Frank's because the key to office buildings is renewing tenants. Sure. Because if tenants leave, it's very costly to bring a new one in. Hey, you got to find a new one. Yes. Downtown Cleveland's yeah. not so easy. Um, and B, if you do have to bring someone in, you got to, you know, front load all the tenant improvements. So one of the things that we kept reinforcing to Frank was at all costs, um, you got to do whatever it takes to retain tenancy. Sure. And then the next thing that occurred was Keytower also had a big Marriott hotel. Yes. And yes. You know, when the pandemic hit, um, the pandemic wasn't very nice to hotel owners. No, hospitality um, took it on the chin, no doubt. Still taking it a little bit. People were not, forget, no one, hey, no one was traveling. Yep. And if they were traveling, they didn't want to stay in hotels. Right. So the ability to work through, you know, Frank had to figure out how to buy time because certainly um, revenues were not coming in on the hotel. Right. And you have lenders, you have equity people. Yep. So to work through that process uh, was, I think, a real value add. So I think great property. Yes. I think Frank's done an amazing job putting up the lobbies, bring the restaurant, create a sense of place, um, and just make it an exciting venue, integrating indoor and outdoor, bringing in the restaurants, operating the restaurants, operating the ballrooms. Right. I think Frank got great entrepreneurial vision, um, but he still had to have the fundamentals of locking and tackling and leasing right. and the fundamentals of how do you work through things when a crisis strikes. And a crisis struck. Yeah. It wasn't just a Frank. It hit every hotel through the world. Yep. So yep. maneuvering through that uh, was more of a, you know, an art than a science. Well, that's 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 uh, unbelievable, and you know that Michael uh, re, uh, gave us his blood time moment, if you will, with his conversation with you back in '99, and changed the trajectory of his life to this wonderful success he's had. And I know that there was another cathartic moment that you had with another Beachwood guy, and I was wondering if you wanted to share that moment uh, with uh, that that lunch you had with Neil Cornrich. Would you be willing oh, yeah. to sh- Would you be willing to share that? Mm-hmm. Neil obviously is, you know, one of the great leaders in the sports industry 
Yes. And and you could re- and you really know that because not only does it represent some of the athletes, he represents the coaches. And he's smart and, to do so. And, <laughs> A lot less problems yeah, with but, coaches, right? <laughs> yeah, but really, but uh, but also challenging. You're talking sure. About, you're sure. dealing with people who are you know, very smart. Mm-hmm. They are used to controlling. I mean, coaches are controlling people. Look at yourself, okay? Yes. When you coach people, yep. you're very controlling, okay? Right. Um, and so there's strong personalities. And so Neil was able to you know, build the case to very competent people. Yes. Uh, that he not only had the negotiation skills to represent these people, but I also think Neil had the right temperament. Yes. Neil is very, you know, you can be very strong and stern when you want, but he's very soft-spoken. Right. When he speaks, he, he says positive things, strong things. Uh, and the beauty of it is, you know, without being flashy with a big firm like IMG or someone, Neil earned respect throughout the professional industry as really being one of the top talents in the game. Uh, and it's interesting, and Neil also, I think, possibly is very conservative with his clients. Yes. There's a lot of agents who got in the business and then started showing investment opportunities to their clients, which is the wrong thing. Yes. They're not in the investment business. So, you know, when you start having agents uh, having their clients putting in money in a place they should not be putting their money in, okay? Yes. Um, I think Neil respects the boundaries, um, and I think he focuses on what he does best. Yes. And he also doesn't go into areas that's not his space. Right. And so I think he respects boundaries, and that's what has made him. I think very is one of the premier uh, agents in the, you know, and representatives in the industry. Well, yeah, one of the most respected, definitely yeah. in the industry, and 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 that leads me to the the question about this wildly successful REIT that you have, company that you have, and a, a, I, I would imagine a pretty good mentor and not a bad wrestler either, in Ira Lupert, your partner. Yeah. Could you speak a little bit about you know, and you had to weather obviously some storms, you know, oh eight, oh nine. 10, yeah. um, you know, now, uh, and you said the marathon as opposed to the sprint and, and really keeping your yeah. eye on the ball, Neil, uh, you know, and, 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 and what you talked about with Neil, keeping his eye on the ball. Tell me a little bit about that, Dean, and how you yeah. really have moved through that yeah. whole process. So, so first for the sports fans out there, my partner, Iro Blue Yes. Um, was one of the preeminent, really, wrestlers at the time. Yes. I think it was a three-state all-state ch- um, champion for three years in New Jersey. Yep. He goes yep. to Penn State. I think he only lost one match in four years. Wow. I think he's NCAA champion for all four years. Mm. And then he was the runner-up heavyweight 1972 Olympics during the trials. Right. I think it was Chris Taylor who ended up going to the Olympics and I was number two. Yep. And probably but loves the sport, loves the discipline. I think he has gone to every single national match since 1972 with his wrestling buddies. Yep. And I think his recent claim of fame, recent 10 years, was he hired from Iowa the um, premier coach, Sanderson or someone. Yeah, Cale Sanderson from Iowa State. Yeah, he brought in the man, the man. And Penn State. Yes. And Penn State now has won X number of championships. 
Yes. In a row. Se- they've won seven out of the last nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And Ira personally recruited him. Yes. He flew out to Iowa. Yeah. Ira was chairman of the board of Penn State. Yes. His real love was wrestling. Yeah. And um, and he pursued that. So Ira and I, we both left our respective companies in 1997. Okay. And for the first 10 years, crushed it. Awesome. We raising big funds. We, we represented capital from the big pension funds from Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and we had all the university endowment money. Gotcha. Which is Harvard, Yale, Princeton. Wow. And we started making money not only for what I call rental apartments and shopping centers, but then we got into what I call the resort business, doing yeah. these big golf courses with Ginn. And sure. One of the one of the issues was we made so much money earlier on that we thought we were invincible. Yes. And, and you're never invincible. Right. And in 2008, um, in many of our communities, when the Great Recession hit, mm-hmm. people who owned second homes couldn't afford to own second homes. Right. People who were paying country club dues couldn't afford it. And these communities just went to hell. And for us, it was a real eye-opener. Because for 10 years... Nothing, everything we did was positive. Sure. And then we hit this major Great Recession, and the truth was um, we had some real downside. Gotcha. Because what we learned was discretionary investments, second homes, condos, people really don't need them every day. Yes. So when the recession hit, we got caught with our pants down. Gotcha. And we got hurt. Sure. And also with our clients. By the way, our clients took a hit. They made money with us for years and years. Right. But also with the recession, they weren't protected. And in 2008, we pivoted. We, we learned. Sure. We said, you know what? The golf course stuff, not a good business for us. Okay. Because there's too much downside in a downturn. And what we got to focus on are just things that people need every day. They need a place to rent an apartment. Okay? Yeah, right. So people need a place to live, especially workforce housing, affordable housing. Yes. So over the next, from 2009 to 2020, you know, we've accumulated probably close to 100,000 apartments. Wow. We, we said the grocery space. People need groceries. They got sure. to eat. Sure. So we own 30% of Albertson supermarkets. Wow. It's a public company today. We do $65 billion in revenues. Gee um, we have 275,000 employees. Uh, we went public about two years ago. Stock's done nicely. Yes. Um, it, it should do better. Right. But it's done nicely. Um, you need a Reddit backing, like like BB, BBBY. You need a Reddit backing. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh-uh. yeah but the... Uh, pandemic, you know, I'll say, unfortunately, we had a pandemic. Yes. Fortunately for the grocery business, it was amazing because our number one competition, restaurants closed down. Sure. So people went to grocery stores. Right. We prepare foods, yeah, and and yeah, meals meals prepared and all that. Yep. It's brilliant. Brilliant marketing. It went up by 50%. Awesome. Now, now, so all that's good, but there's a boogeyman in the room, okay? Okay. Which is, the other thing that happened in the grocery space was... Everyone, including even our generation, mm-hmm. we never thought we would be delivering groceries, I mean, uh, online e-commerce, right. but we did. Right. We were forced to. 
Yeah. And guess what? We were forced to and we liked it. Yeah. And so Amazon, which is, you know, you think about the grocery business, Heinen's versus yeah. this group versus that group. Yep. The truth is, it's yeah. not the brick and mortar grocers that are sort of competition. Right. The competition is online, Amazon. Yep. yep. And so that, you know, they're a very formidable competitor. Yep. We got to be able to, you know, compete with them. Now, sure. the one thing we have an edge is there's still a lot of people still for fresh food, fresh meat, sure. fresh fish, sure. produce. They like to see it, okay? Yes. Ice cream. Yes. Um, but there are many people who say, I don't want to walk around a grocery store. I can order, it's going to be dropped off at my house, and that's good enough. Right. So yeah. the truth is, for every two steps you take forward, mm-hmm. you take a step back. Sure. And it shows that you need to know how to pivot. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, you need to pivot, and you you can't settle in for you can't look backwards. Got to look towards the future. So everything we do is you know we have to become technologically adept. We'll never beat Amazon their game, but we gotta be competitive so we can still get the brick and mortar business as well as the e-commerce business. Dean, that's uh, that. What we, Sure. It's all about owning the customer. Yeah, and, and, and listening to them and, and, and also doing some projections, and that leads me to my next question. What do you see the next you know, three to five years for Lupert Adler and for you individually and, and for the country in, in opportunities uh, for growth and for... Yeah, so, yeah. So I think, um, first of all, in the real world, the real estate business, yeah. real estate goes through cycles every 10 years. Sure. Yes. People have money in their pocket, they save. 
That that leads me back to the first thing you said about this is a this is a marathon, not a sprint, and the wisdom of that marathon. You're making these 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 brilliant decisions based on that which you just articulated. Uh, I don't know if they're brilliant, but they, they, those are decisions. Well, well, they they seem to be. They 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 seem to be. And so, Dean, so Dean, I got two questions to ask you before. Um, we wrap this up. One is sort of off of your um, your bailiwick, maybe. But what what do you see the residential, the homeowner, like in the next five to seven years with all these baby boomers getting older, getting sick? Our generation. What do you see? Do you see a glut in that, or what? Do, what do you see in regards to the residential single home family market? Sure. And they were dead for a while, and now you put up a home for sale, and people yeah. are jumping in and buying. Sticker price, man. They get sticker yeah. price, yeah. Plus. Yeah, sticker plus price. Yeah. yeah. Here are the two reasons. Okay. Number one, there's not a great supply. Right. So people have not been building a lot the last three or five years. Um, so the supply hasn't been there. So I think you're going to see continued demand for housing. Uh, number two, the pandemic has really allowed the suburbs to be attractive again. Sure. There was a massive movement everywhere for the city. Urban, yes. urban, urban. Right. Connectivity, rooftop bars, wellness centers with a million people. And so the suburbs were losing their allure. Yes. They were no longer sexy to be. Now, Cleveland does improve, not to extent Philly, Boston, New York, San Francisco, Austin, Miami, um, they boomed. Cleveland coming back, they had about 14,000 apartment units. But a lot of these suburbanites were not moving downtown or other markets they were. Sure. I think the pandemic let people rethink what's important to them. Okay. And I think getting fresh air, getting some space, being able to move around mm-hmm. um, has reinvigorated the suburban areas. Sure. And I'm not saying cities are going away, but I think um, you'll see some retrenched 
Okay. Okay. Single-family homes. Okay. The other thing is, to get land, sometimes you have to go further and further and further out. Okay? Right, right. And on the one hand, you can build out there. On the other hand, you're not in the action, okay? Sure. So I sort of like what I call the inner ring suburbs. Those suburbs that are sort of surrounding the urban areas. Okay. They're suburbs in nature, but you can be downtown in 20 minutes, and you have walkability, you have cool little restaurants and walkability. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I think that, I think that perspective is, and your, your, your take is, is, is really spot on. And, uh, I think that's what, what we're going to see. And then the, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you, Dean is, you know, we're <laughs> my, my, my cousin, Michael Abdallion, I, I know that you know him. He just, yeah, he's a great guy. He just retired as a partner at Ernst and Young and, you know, uh, we're getting near that age. What, uh, what's your exit strategy, my friend? I know that you probably will work to the day you, you can't work anymore, but uh, what's your exit strategy? The truth is, Pete? Yeah. My exit strategy is not to exit. I love it. I think the day I, I, think the day I exit yeah. is the day I, I just send my letters and mail it in. I love it. I love what I do. I think one of the things about real estate is there's not only a financial side, but there's a creative side. Sure. Yes. 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 Um, we're, we're going to urban areas and building on rooftops ice skating rings. Sure. Like Rockefeller. So to me, um, I don't look at investing in real estate as a job. Gotcha. Usually, you know, I mean, what I got to focus on is health. Sure. Health should be my work, and real estate second. Unfortunately, it's always been real estate first and health second. Mm-hmm. So I got to reverse that. That should be a goal. Okay. A priority mine. Oh, God love you. <laughs> yeah. It took a lot of hard work. Yeah. It doesn't come naturally. Right. You know, you come from a family of really you know, beautiful people in that family. Thank you. I love you, bro. Uh, yeah, well, you're you're definitely <laughs> you're definitely an idol of mine. All right, all right, yeah, so that's great. Um, yeah. Well, I, I love that. I love I love that it's in your DNA, right? I mean, you know, I, I, all these coaches that I coach, Dean. You know, they listen like Mark Haywald, who's the head coach at uh, uh, John Carroll University. His dad was our Mark Haywald. 
Tony DiGiovanni, his head coach in in high school, is 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 in in his DNA. He doesn't even have to think about it. So, you know, so I love that that this is in your DNA, and it's not work. It's it's who Dean Adler is. But yes, take care of yourself, man, because we need your 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 passion and your intellect, my brother. I really loved you being on here. Thank you so much. See you, Dean. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dean. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Well, Michael, that was definitely special. Yeah, I think. You know, your your listeners got yeah. a little taste of what I listen to every day. Sure. And as Dean, you know, we talk about coaching. Yeah. Dean, passion is teaching, which yes. is you know, uh, you can just hear that. Obviously, a cousin of coaching. Yes. But you know, he actually enjoys answering questions like you presented, Pete. Okay. Than he does even looking at deals. Okay. That's okay. really what his passion is. When I'm I'm on two to five calls with him every week. Yeah. And the ones that he gets really excited about and, can, you know, he's got a little bit of ADD like a lot of these very, very successful people sure, have. Sure, sure. I mean, I know, he was, I know he was done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can concentrate yeah. Yeah. and really lay on some really brilliant stuff when he's in his teaching mode. Sure. More than his analytic mode. But he's yeah. also a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant relationship guy. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, he... Yeah. Yep. You know, he, he gave me so many compliments, which I was very honored by, you know, humbled by. But they were absolutely genuine and well thought out right. and historic. And, historic, and, right? And that's what, that's how he's such a great relationship. No guy. doubt. No he doubt. touches something in you. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned yeah. you're historic yeah. and some, yeah. some well-deserved compliments. Sure. It makes you feel good, but he knows he's authentic. Yes. And, that's, and how thought he was about Neil. Right, he, right, right. He nailed Neil. Nailed Neil. <laughs> nailed Neil, you know? Nailed Neil. And so what do you think about that, right? I yeah, mean, you know, so, yeah. you know, you we come out, we're, how blessed are we to come out of that that glory days of the 70s Absolutely. of Beachwood with so many people there. Really? Alan Brown from your class, right? right? right I mean, right. you know, Dean Adler from our class, Neil Cornridge from our class, Greg Zimmerman, which some of the things he did, <laughs> right? It's pretty impressive. Things, pretty impressive. Pretty you know, impressive. But having said all that, what did what I want to wrap this okay. up, Michael? You've been great, and, and I thank you for for getting Dean on this. Uh, you know, it was it was outstanding. But what what literally, you know, do you see in your future with this brilliant combination of Adler and and Lupert and and some of the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Well, you know, Dean. Again, I don't make too many moves without conferring with Dean. Sure, um, Dean's just a very very small part though of my. Overall business, as I heard before we we started this, you were on a you were on a deal call. Right, I love it. Yeah. So you know, my, my company, uh, like Dean's company, uh, had a great year during the pandemic. Okay, we are growing. I'm not as smart as Dean though. And Dean made a mention to it. I'm a deal guy. Sure. And like, I'm not as smart as Dean. I probably shouldn't be looking at doing as many deals now in the next few years when the times are so great because okay. they're, you know, we have an expression, uh, we bet. On the horse and jockey, not the race. Okay. So my job with the revision group is to identify best in class sponsors. Okay. It's not easy to do. Yeah. We have a, on my website. We have a twenty three point checklist of what you need to do to get engaged with the revision group. Okay. And there's likability, trustability, but there's his, history, five years, five thousand units. So we're pretty disciplined in that approach. Right. But my, I'm getting better. I'm sixty six years old. Yeah. Getting better, and with Dean's help and my own trial and error sure. of identifying 
people who can execute deals. Once we find people that can execute deals, then we'll double audit the deal. And then again, my partner, I have a partner in Greenwich. We're opening a third office in Naples, Florida. So we're expanding. Fantastic. And our our capital guys, family offices, private equity, like Dean is, you know, yeah. family offices. You continue to call it Loop Rad the REIT, just so yeah. for term, it's not a REIT. Okay. It's okay. a private equity group. Okay, great. Yeah, they're not a REIT. Okay. Uh, they deal with REITs, but they're not right. a REIT. Okay. And then high net worth individuals, we got a good stable of investors, and they depend on me. Okay. And like Dean said, and he complimented both of us. Yeah. In fact, we've developed 30 year relationships. Yes. By the time I go to my capital, I've had a relationship with them, maybe not 30 years. They know I'm not bringing them anybody that's not going to be able to deliver. Right. That doesn't mean their deal is always a home run. And in today's world, look, the most important, here's the great tip for anybody that's in the real estate world yeah. that's listening to this. Dean taught me, and, and I've kind of developed my own thing. There's four things. Location is number four. You know, most real estate goes location, yeah, yeah. location, location. Yeah, yeah. That's number four. Yeah. Number three is the quality of the sponsor. Sure. Very important. I just yes. talked about it. Yes. Number one, I'll skip one. Number one is timing. Oh. And we can't yeah. control timing. Right. So we can have the best deal in the best location of the best guy, but timing, the recession comes or the pandemic comes, all bets are off. Yeah, or 87 the, comes. That's right, or 87. Yeah. The most important or, or a plane comes into a building. Yes. In, in 2001. 2001, yeah. We can't right. control right. that, right? right? The most important thing we can control is what we look for every hour and every day is basis, meaning how inexpensive can you buy this deal? Dean taught it to That's me. It's the most deal. important thing in the world. Yeah. So even though the times are good, if you work hard enough, you can find deals that are discounted. Sure. If you're a real estate guy, yeah. you buy anything that's discounted, the probability of success is greatly enhanced. Sure. Not guaranteed, but greatly enhanced. Sure. And that's, in a revision group, we got, you know, I'm 66. I want to work till I'm 75. Okay. So I have nine more years of building this business. And I tell you, knock on wood, yeah. last three years have been really great for us. That's so fantastic. really excited about it. Well, I would want to do business with you guys, and here's why. If I'm a younger guy, you've lived through 87. You've lived through 01. You've lived through 08, 09. And now you live through this. You bring all that wisdom, all those scars, right. all those what to do's and what not to do's to the deal. Let me let me give you one last sure. example of what you just said. Sure. When I was in the resort residential real estate business, mm -hmm. we hired some 22 to 25-year-old kids. They were good, sure. smart. But when I brought in clients... Um, in their 40s and 50s yes. to buy a home. Yeah. And these 23-year-old guys were telling them about what to look for in a home. Yes. My clients would roll their eyes. These kids barely got out of college. They lived at their parents' home. Yeah. They're renting an apartment. Yeah. How are they going to tell me who's been a homeowner for 20 years what's good? Exactly. So that credibility, that little gray hair we got, right. that experience is extraordinarily right. important. If I was a young person, yes. I would want to seek a mentor or do business with somebody, like you said, sure. that's gone through in real estate, 20 years of cycles. Exactly. Dean's right. gone through 40 years. He's yes. more experienced than I am. Right. That's why I kind of hang right. my hat with him. Yeah. He's seen it all. Yeah. And, the, and all. I just love the way he ex yeah, articulated he everything, you know, the, great the intellect, the passion, the yeah. whole nine yards and the experience and going through it and understanding how to pivot, how to take those scars and move forward. And know? again, he didn't brag about it, but I'll let you know, yeah. you know, he has $18 billion under management. LupertAdler.com. Yeah. If you guys ever a real estate guy, if you want to, really understand real estate, yes. look him up. That's fantastic.
He won't well, return your calls, but look him up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I get his calls once in a blue moon back, but uh, pretty hard. Y- yeah, it's very hard. But Michael, you've been great. Great. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for being on the C Suite forum this time. Excited. And bring, bringing that brilliant. Excited. What's our next one in a year and a half? We go yeah, from we'll, we'll, what time to C Suite? What's what's our last we'll, one? We'll, we'll figure or, or something our third out. One. No, we'll, let's not call last. We'll figure something out. But. Uh, have a great summer. Thank you. Thank you so much. And this is going to air soon. But uh, cool. my best to you and uh, to, to everybody listening. This is Coach Cimarroni for the C-Suite Forum Blood Time. Love to all. This is Coach Cimarroni for the Montrose Auto Group. If you're looking for a new vehicle or a pre-owned vehicle, Montrose Auto Group is the place to go. They have over 16 dealerships and over 1,300 used vehicles in their stock, as well as a pretty good stock of new vehicles, everything from Range Rovers to Fords. Seek out Montrose Auto Group and the fantastic people at Montrose Auto Group, headed by Mike Thompson and Chris Mills. We love you very much for your support. Thank you so much for your support of Blood Time, my podcast. Seek them out at GoMontrose.com for your pre-owned or new vehicles. GoMontrose.com. Chris Mills and Mike Thompson, thank you very much. We are all blood. Love to all. Hi, this is David Dennis Mackey. You've just heard another episode of the Blood Time Podcast. Check out more at maverickpodcasting.com.